0: Speaking of Reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schenkelberg.
1: And this is Diana Dini. Hi, Diana.
0: Hi, Fred. Hey, um, out here, uh, and I I know it varies roughly in the countries and stuff, is that uh, all of our, our... uh, my neighbors that are teachers are all smiling once again. The school year is ended. <laughs> <laughs> they can take a deep breath before they do whatever they do for the summer. Um, but it reminded me of, of like one of the best teachers I ever had, you know, and it was, and I was thinking about it and we were sitting down at the park. There's a handful of us chatting uh, from the neighborhood. And, you know, w- what, what, I mean, it started with, well, as a teacher, what makes a successful year for you? And then it, the stories turned around to, well, what was your most memorable teacher? Which isn't necessarily related, but it sure seems to be. Um, and, and I know that you do training and offer services and training, and, and more than likely have taken a few training courses and classes mm-hmm. and so on, and- and so, you know, going to high school, we're all experts in education. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I get reminded all the time by the high school teachers um, that that's, yeah, they
1: probably do get that a lot, don't they? Well, probably. I went to high school. I know what your job's about. That's right. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> they have no idea. Uh, but the 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 notion is is that one of the I'm I'm teaching a class now at a college level, and one of the things that it's, I don't know if it's a pet peeve of mine or just irritates me, is that some of the students, not all, but every now and then, every year, I get one or two students that are basically still in high school. What's on the test? How do I get a grade? You know, kind of, how do I find the right answers so that I can memorize it and and then spit it back out at you at the test? And uh, come on, guys, that's not the point. (laughs) I even, and somebody did ask me in in a conversation, um, it was another consultant, who was thinking about going back to school and it was, do the grades matter in graduate school? Like, well, if your company's paying for it and they won't pay you if you don't get a B or or better, well, then it matters because then it's out of your pocket.
1: Yeah, right.
0: You know, but if you went to the class and got an A, but didn't learn anything, that's also less than useful. Um, so the, the basic concept I'm wrestling with is, uh, is as an instructor, or as a teacher, or somebody who's trying to help other folks is how do you make it stick? How do you make training so that it actually um, transfers that knowledge so that they can go use it and make a difference in the world as opposed to, graduate with some degree, a piece of paper.
1: Mm-hmm. So what do you do for your, you said you meant you're teaching a college class? Mm-hmm. Yep. And what do you do for your class? Um,
0: apparently it irritates some people because I said it's a, the context of the structure of the class is there is no right answer. Um, so for example, what should the goal, let's say you're making a new widget and What's the reliability goal for that product?
1: Yeah, it's ninety percent confidence, eighty percent reliability. Come on, Fred. No, well, it's, I mean we. <laughs> There's can, no right answer, right? No,
0: we could say ninety-eight percent. We could say ninety-two percent. We could mm-hmm. say it's a five-year product, and or it's a twenty-year product, or whatever. Some of it is dictated by market. Some of it's dictated by technology. Some of it's dictated by what we think is profitable, um, and. Every single circumstance is different. And so there it's yep. it's not that you have the four elements and there's an answer. It's that you understand that it is in context. <laughs> that That's the thing I'm trying to teach all the way through the course is that I want you to learn the sequence of questions to ask, to think through so that you can answer this in an infinite number of ways. That is the appropriate answer for your situation. And I can't teach that like a math class. You know, here's the formula, here's the derivation of it. If you have an answer that's underlined twice with the right numbers on it, then you get full credit. No, because the numbers really don't matter. (laughs) Not for, you know, and so I, I, and some students really appreciate it because they go, hmm, I have to really understand this in order to to address these different questions you're posing. And and so for some students it, they pick it up real well and I'm still in touch with a good number of them that are using these techniques and concepts I'm teaching. Um and even got a call or or an email yesterday from a student from last year saying could I I can't find the video I'm still a student at at in campus but I'm working full time. I'd really like to review this one episode, one segment of your lectures, because I don't think I got quite got it right. I want to see it again. And once they exit the course, then the, the material is not available to the students anymore. And so I sent them the, a copy of it, but that's a year ago. And I've had other people call back, you know, four or five years after the fact, looking for more content, more info, more advice. Um. So for some people it sticks. But yeah. for some people they just survived, got their grade and moved on. And and I like and I see that when I was we were talking about that in the park with these teachers that yeah, some students really want to learn and they get it and they understand it and they apply it and you can see it develop and take shape and others are they're just marking time. But in high school you're you and i suggested to them in high school they're all captive right they're required to be yeah. by law or parents or expectations um but in industrial training or graduate level training um sometimes you're a prisoner you have to go do the safety training you know the hr required training and all these other things but there's still students in those situations that actually want to learn something and actually take away stuff. They take away the concepts. So that's the basic dilemma is how, who's responsible for, for actually learning. And I don't oh, think there's a clean mm-hmm. answer for that.
1: Yeah. Well, the student does need to put in the work. Um, But then there's also, it doesn't have to be a chore either, depending on how it's taught. Mm -hmm. So I I just recently went through a couple coaching programs because I coach other people. So I figured, well, I could improve these aspects of what I do. So I should be willing to get a coach. And I did. Good for you. And (laughs) Thanks. And they, they have their systems. And I went through, you know, their their online courses and listened and took notes and did the exercises and that was fine. But then I got an opportunity to sit in the hot seat and actually practice what it is that they were teaching. Mm-hmm. And on paper and in, in the worksheets, I got it. You know, it's like, right. oh yeah, I get that. That's that's fine. I understand that. But then when I was in the hot seat and I was given a chance to execute on what it is I learned, it was totally different. Was, imagine that <laughs> yeah it was just really challenging and and i was like i was working really hard and thankfully she said you did a pretty good job but here's some things where you could improve mm-hmm. so her as a coach i mean she gave me the information that i needed but then just being able to execute on it um is just a different perspective and that's for me that's what helps things stick for me mm-hmm. so I would probably really appreciate the courses that you teach because you're making them execute on what you're telling them that they need to do and they have to think about it and and, and put themselves into it in order to come out with something that would be acceptable because there wasn't a right or wrong answer for that mm-hmm. so being, having a coach or a teacher that puts you in those situations for learning, I think, is really helpful to make things stick. Now, the hot seat was that
0: that wasn't you working with one of your clients. Was that in a safe environment where you, you really could make mistakes, but you wanted to do you know do well?
1: Well, it was sort of a, a combination. She recorded it to show to students later, other (laughs) students later. So I'm on record and someone's probably watching me flub up stuff, but that's okay. That's part of the learning process. I wasn't too proud to uh, be recorded in that way. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was a safe, safe space, um, to, to be able to grow. And and she pointed out what I did well and what I didn't do well. And and that's what I needed. Well, it
0: kind of remembers, I remember, and I'm Drawn a blank on the author's name. There's a skinny New Yorker with lots of curly hair. Um, he's written a bunch of different books, but one of them that he gets quoted and misquoted on all the time is that to become an expert, you just need ten thousand hours of practice.
1: Oh yeah, I've I've heard that.
0: Um, Malcolm he has to Gladwell. Write a lot, yeah, yeah, Malcolm Gladwell, and it in that book and the references that he's citing when he, he wrote about that topic it was back to that you he called it deliberate practice is that you have a coach he says olympic stars don't just jump in the water and flail along until they're olympic caliber they have somebody looking at them saying oh you know fan your hands out just slightly or when you move this way make sure you get this little extra kick here and they provide just the next set of advice to add the next refinement to what they're doing And then it's this continuous improvement type thing that that the terminology that we use to move them from being a good swimmer to an Olympic caliber swimmer. But Mm -hmm. it's the coaches um, that was good and look at it, you know, try this different next time or experiment with this, see how that feels. Or uh, whether it's learning how to swing a bat in a major league baseball batting cage or... They, these elite athletes they, they have coaches and uh, executives and consultants and engineers, they can have coaches. Um, it's expensive because it's one-on-one a lot of times, um, but that same basic concept can be applied, I think, in, in classes. And the other thing that reminds me of is what you described is, I mean, you're trying to learn new behaviors, how to respond to certain stimulus and situations and have it so ingrained that it becomes out naturally, Mm -hmm. right? Years and years ago, I had a class where uh, it was three days, and it was basically communication skills. It was the heart of the course. Um, And they said right from the start, you're going to get homework. You have to pick one or more of these skills that we're showing you, demonstrating, and we're discussing, and you need to go deliberately practice it. And then in two weeks after the course, we're going to do a teleconference with small groups from the class. And we're going to ask the question, uh, what'd you do? And we have it written down because you can write it down before you leave. And so how did it go? Did you try it? And how did it go? And if you didn't try it, well, well, we're talking again in two more weeks. Then they did three sessions like that, two weeks apart. And they said, if you haven't tried it, why not? <laughs> you know, do you not understand it? Or do you need to change something different? You know, whatever. Let us help you get started. If you tried it and it didn't work, well, let's troubleshoot that and figure out what you could try different or how would you adjust or maybe you're missing a piece of information or whatever will help you get it on. And if it worked, that's con- you know, congratulations. How can you reinforce that? And it was the conference calls were three hours, one hour every two weeks after the course. And those three one hour meetings were the most valuable ever. It was sort of like what your coach did, putting you on the hot spot and then giving you meaningful feedback to, to yeah. sort it out.
1: And then even if you're, if you're watching somebody else going through it, um, you know, just as a sense of encouragement for other people, mm-hmm. uh, the, the other people that are there to learn are there to learn and they're learning from you too. Yep. So it's, you shouldn't be embarrassed about making a mistake or, you know, don't feel like, cause you tried and you could have done it better a different way. It's not that that you're foolish. You don't have to be perfect. You're learning it. And the other people are learning from you. So they're, they're not judging your performance or anything. Well, some of them are. And, <laughs> but <laughs> silently. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> you can pretend that nobody's judging you and just go There you go. There you go. go for it. <laughs> Good recovery.
0: I, I, I'm laughing because the, the, the team I worked at or worked with, we all had, we all went through these classes, you know, either at the same time or within very short period of time. So we all had very similar training. And one of the skills um, is that if you're presenting, you're standing in front of the group and you're presenting uh, something and something gets messed up. You know, you say something incorrect, or you want to backtrack, or it didn't come out right, or just any nuance. This that, that wasn't right. One of the techniques was that you can, uh, and I, I forget the name of it, but it was a technique of uh, breaking eye contact, moving to a new spot, and starting again. And what it does is it creates a new space where that error doesn't exist for the group. And, and you start over and you drive on. But it's a way to reset. And, and and acknowledge that, oh, that wasn't right. Let me move off of that. And so I'm certainly not explaining this as well as it should be. And it's a pretty nuanced technique. Um, so anyway, Bill was up presenting something and he did something that was, we knew from the courses and all the training we had was just, that wasn't consistent. you know It was, it was where his, what he was talking about and his body language and what was on the slides were all over the map. They weren't consistent at all and we we all looked at it, and he realized what we were all looking at and he goes he uh a, a break I'll think of the name of it anyway, so he did this this body language technique of to step away from that mistake, and so it's not on that person anymore it's that's over there, where he used to be standing. Mm. that's that third person over there. They made that mistake. I'm not that person anymore. I'm over here." And it's, so he did that. And then we all knew exactly what he did because we've all been through the same exact training and we all started laughing. And he goes, well, that's a mistake. So he stepped away again (laughs) and then we let him go. (laughs) Get on with the meeting. But we had so much fun. But it it was all, we did that all the time with each other to reinforce um, the use of all of these communication skills from gesturing to using a fourth uh, point to breaking the third you know the fourth wall to doing all these different elements of what makes a really good presentation or a really good speaker and and it was all done so that we reinforced it and kept it fresh with each other because one of the tenets we picked up on which brings me back to coaches is mm-hmm. that to change a behavior it it takes like six weeks minimum if you're working on it consistently. And you go through the stages, well, I didn't know I needed to do that, to unconscious incompetence, you didn't even know you didn't know how to do it, to conscious incompetence, you know you're not doing it right, right, mm-hmm. to conscious competence, where if you really think about it, you get it, right, and you you do well, to it gets as one of the instructors, uh, Lucy would say, was that it gets in the muscle. And she, every time she did that, she did she tapped her bicep. You need to learn this so that it just gets in the muscle. And he'd tap, she'd tap her arm. And I could still see her doing that. But it was one of those things where you get to the point where you're unconsciously competent. And she said, so in that course, it was a, there's all kinds of different skills and techniques and things to practice and work on. And I thought, Oh, I don't have time for a lot of this. And I didn't really understand what I was learning. And so I thought, well, I'll pick the simplest one. I will stop using the word, but B U T. So it's a nice day, but it's going to rain later in that kind of construction, where mm-hmm. the second half contradicts the first half. And I thought, oh, this will be easy. That's just one word change. They're conjunctions. And it took me two weeks to even recognize I was saying a sentence that had that in it. <laughs> it <was> like, <laughs> and, and then she said, well, you know, you hear it on the radio. You hear it everywhere. It's in common conversation. Now that you recognize that you're doing that, what are you doing? He says, well, yesterday I was saying something. And instead of putting and in there, I was going, um." kind of broke my train of thought <laughs> and like oh, I'm supposed to use and here okay what was I talking about and he goes alright you're making progress first step is you gotta recognize those structures when you're using that term and trying to make this s- subtle change of changing one word and then um two weeks later I was recognizing it before I'd start the sentence and I could say it but I was very conscious of it and then the uh, third time is this, I'm starting to get it. And then Lucy said, um, it, it will take constant reminders and refreshers. So put it in your calendar every six months. Remember to practice consciously, take it out of the unconscious and move it back to conscious competence and reinforce that skill until it's just absolutely natural. And that may take years. Oh, geez. And there's only 38 other skills you taught, told us we should master? <laughs> <laughs> and that was one. <laughs> that was one, which I thought would be the easy one. But I think part of that process, and the more I've read about how people learn over the years, is that it really does take time to, to learn, especially behaviors, stuff that are so ingrained to our cultural and background and how we go about doing stuff. It's easy to learn math compared to change in your vocabulary in in
1: certain contexts. Um, And not even just behaviors, but, you know, kind of taking it back to what you're teaching in your college course and some of these reliability methods and quality methods, that it's it's not just behaviors, but a way of thinking too. Mm -hmm. That just um, you have to practice it and be mindful of it And have that conscious awareness that, hey, I don't know this as well as I should, and just being aware of it and then practicing it. It just, those things take practice too, and um, just practice and implement, implementing them.
0: Yeah. I I do remember these communication skills and stuff. My wife would every now and then look at me and go, you're practicing one of those things, aren't you? (laughs) 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 <laughs> <on me. laughs>
1: do you do you get a certain look on your face when you're you're practicing? Or oh when, no, because I'm no because I'm
0: I'm stumbling through it or I'm bumbling along. Or she goes, you mm-hmm. don't normally talk like that, you know. And I and with the coach, it was when she doesn't recognize what you're doing, then you know you've you're natural at it. And it's the same with an audience. If somebody's forcing gestures. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, it's very awkward the way they gesture. And it might be because they're trying to get better at it. And so they're consciously incompetent and they're going, oh, and over here, and they swing their arm out. You know, it's, you can see it. It's, this isn't part of the whole persona of this person. is This isn't a natural gesture. It's okay. They're learning. And give them positive feedback to saying, "Hey, you know, I saw you working on that, you know uh, how can I help you and that's a whole other episode, how to provide feedback um which is the other half of the coaching part, isn't it? is giving mm-hmm. meaningful useful feedback at the I don't know that in the last twenty minutes that we talked about how to make training stick other than it's a combination of the person actually wants to learn and you're in a circumstance or situation." where it's conducive to learning the new behavior or learning the new skill set or way of thinking that it gets reinforced and encouraged. And it's back to, I think, I have to look some more at coaching techniques and coaching, maybe take a couple of those courses. Maybe you'd recommend one for me. Or you're a coach, hey,
1: I'll talk to you. Well, there's all sorts of frameworks on how to present information and in a certain way and what what kind of things to to present and, you know, depending on people learn differently. So uh, yep. different mediums or different topics that instead of just giving the concept, you can give an example. Um, yep. and give a picture of it, you know, the, those kind of things that mm-hmm. get uh, the different parts of the brain moving. So there are lots of other things like that, of which I am not an expert, <laughs> but I have lots of books on and that that I have studied and uh, psychologists have studied and yep. it's all very interesting.
0: Yeah, certainly is. So I'm certain we're going to come back to this topic in one form or another, because there's a lot more to it. Um, if you're listening to this and, and had your favorite instructor or teacher at one point or other, what's made them stand apart from all the other people you've learned from over the years and what what about it helped you keep the knowledge they transferred to you and you know, what makes a difference for you because um, I think it's both sides have to make that happen. Both somebody sharing the knowledge and somebody receiving it. I think there's pieces for both. So let us know, head over to ascendoreliability.com slash go slash S O R. And you can find a widget to leave us a voice message, or you can write us a note. Uh, Diana and I, and the other hosts of the show are available through LinkedIn and, and um, about pages. LinkedIn by far is the favorite. So don't hesitate to reach out and ask your questions on about training or how to learn, or about anything else dealing with reliability or quality, safety, kinds of stuff like that. We help if we can, and most likely we'll probably try to figure out a good answer for you with a podcast. So we look forward to hearing from you. So Diana, are you going to go learn something today or is that? You already did that already.
1: Oh, every day. Every day <laughs> you learn. And sometimes I get up fresh in the morning, I learn something and then I decide, okay, I'm done for the day. <laughs> but that's that's rare that's rare that's rare there's, there's too that's, much uh, more to learn <laughs> yeah too much and too much more other things to do too but that yeah too. try to learn something new every day
0: well that's cool that's that's a good approach i believe i certainly agree with that all right well thanks so much diana we'll talk to you again soon have a great rest of your day
1: yeah thanks you too bye bye fred
0: thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation. If you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.